Mm-mm. Wow. That is a good song. Brother Cavanaugh mentioned it uh, this morning. Boy, it's easy to stand and preach after a song like that. I couldn't help, I couldn't help but think, uh, as they were singing, how great thou art. All I could picture in my mind was a Lake Senior Center. I could picture my basement at my parents' house. And, and then I started to scan the crowd. I started to look at this beautiful building. And I thought again, how great thou art. Oh, we serve a good God. We serve a great God. We serve an awesome God. And too often, even in this world in which we live, we may hear a, a, an athlete say those very words, but they're just that too often. Just words. We do. We serve a great God. And He's here with us. Oh, He's here. And we, we have a book. We have this Bible to prove it over and over and over again. We have a great God. How great thou art. Oh, boy. That's good. We're going to go to uh, a very small book in the Bible. Philemon. Philemon. It's a good one. It's a really good book. I've been doing some studying as of late. Uh, I've been doing a lot of studying, I should say, on the Apostle Paul. And uh, the more I study, the more that I read about that man, man, (laughs) talk about a man, a man of God that had some drive and a desire to do something great for God. And did he ever. And he was an organized man. He was a very wise man. Uh, We're going to read a book here. I'm going to read some verses in this specific book, Philemon. you got Titus, Philemon, and then Hebrews. So if you can get to Hebrews, go back one book and you'll find it there. Philemon. In this book, specifically now, it's addressed to Philemon. It was written in a lonely jail cell, prison cell, by that man, the Apostle Paul. There he had been imprisoned for preaching the gospel. He was thrown in jail for his stand for God. And as I read through and as I've studied this man, and I, I think of all the things that he had to deal with, the, the difficulties and the struggles that he had, just because he loved God and just because he preached and proclaimed the word of God, I couldn't help but see us today in this wicked world in which we live, there's going to come a day when they're going to say, no more, you're not allowed to preach that book called the Bible. No more, you're not allowed to go to church just because you want to. You're not allowed to do that anymore. And there will be decisions that have to be made. Paul made some very big decisions. He decided, nope, I'm going to stand I'm going to stand firm on this book, the Bible. I'm going to preach the gospel. People are in need of this Savior, Jesus Christ. And I will not be ashamed. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. He said, I'm going to preach it. Preach the word. Be instant in season. He told told young preachers like Timothy, preach the word. We find that, that in our Bibles today. We are commanded to preach the gospel. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. I'm thankful for that, that calling. And as we go, 
The world may say it doesn't work anymore, but we have proof. Community Baptist Temple has proof that it does still work. I believe the last number I heard, yesterday we saw four more souls saved. There may be more than that. I'm not sure we didn't get all the numbers in. But yesterday alone, four souls on their way to heaven. It still works. Oh, the Apostle Paul, he ended up in prison for preaching the gospel. I'm thankful that we are free to do so. And with every second, every opportunity that we get at the workplace, at the grocery store, out soul winning Saturdays, Tuesdays, every day, we better take, the, take advantage of the opportunities that we have. There he is. He's there in his prison cell preaching, or I should say, he's not preaching at that moment. He's writing a letter. He's writing a letter to Philemon. And I love this book because I find myself in this book. And if you read it, you will find yourself in this very letter. Because it's not about a man by the name of Philemon. It's written to Philemon, but it's really about a man by the name of Onesimus. Philemon, he's a good man. He was saved. He was converted through the ministry of the Apostle Paul. Uh, he was, many say he was a well-to-do man, this man Philemon. He was, um, perhaps he had some money, he had a nice house. His house was at least decent enough that there in Colossae, where he lived, there was a church out of his very house, out of his home. I can remember, just as I mentioned, back in the day, long time ago, Community Baptist Temple meeting in a house, in a home. Those were some special days, very special days. And just like that, I'm not sure it doesn't say, Philemon, it's, it doesn't say that he's the pastor of that church, but he has opened his house, his home, for this ministry, for that congregation. Philemon had many men under him. He had many servants, I should say, even slaves. He had slaves. And one of those slaves went by the name Onesimus. Onesimus had had enough. For whatever reason, I'm not 100% sure, but he decided to leave. He decided to run away. Not just run away, it seems he may have even stolen from this man, from his master, Philemon. He took off, and he wanted to get away from it all. He wanted to hide. He wanted just to get lost. Have you ever met anyone that just wanted to get lost? Wanted to to just hide in the the hustle and bustle of it all? So he went to a very populated area, a very populated place. He went to Rome. He thought, "There's, there's hundreds and thousands of people there. No one will recognize me. I'll be able to slip through the cracks. I'll just be able to be me, just kind of get by. He's going to hide. I'm thankful, and this is, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I'm thankful that we can't outrun God. God's looking. He's watching. We can't go too far. It'd be like me. It'd be like one of you saying, I'm tired of this. I can't go to Community Baptist Temple anymore. I just can't take it. They all know me. They know what I'm about. I just want to get off by myself. I want, I, I, I want to just get lost. I'm going to New York City. There's hundreds, thousands, millions of people there. No one will recognize me. That's, that was his plan. That's what he wanted to do. <laughs> but he ran into somebody. I don't know exactly how most likely in prison, whether he was thrown in prison or someone introduced him to the Apostle Paul in prison, he ran into another Christian, him, the Apostle Paul. And there he was saved. There Onesimus trusted Christ as his Lord and Savior. 
Oh, he started to get things right. And that's kind of where we come to our scripture here. We're going to read. We're going to go to Philemon. We'll read in verse number 8. And we'll read down through, let's say, 19 for now. The Bible says, Wherefore, though I might be much bold in Christ to enjoin thee that which is, in, which is convenient, yet for love's sake, I rather beseech thee, being such and one as Paul the aged, and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ, I beseech thee for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my bonds, which in time past was to thee unprofitable, but now profitable to thee and to me, whom I have sent again, thou therefore receive him, that is, mine own bowels. He's saying, that is, as Paul is pleading with Philemon through this letter, he's saying, That's, that is my heart's desire. Take him back. Whom I would have retained with me, that in thy stead he might have ministered unto me in the bonds of the gospel. But without thy mind would I do nothing. He says, unless you give the okay, unless you give the go-ahead, nah, that's what I'm looking for here. That thy benefit should not be as it were of necessity, but willingly. For perhaps he therefore departed for a season that thou shouldest receive him forever. Not now as a servant, but above a servant, a brother beloved specially to me. But how much more unto thee, both in the flesh and in the Lord. If thou count me therefore a partner, receive him as myself. If he hath wronged thee or oweth thee aught, put that on mine account. I, Paul, have written it with mine own hand. I will repay it, albeit I do not say to thee how thou owest unto me even thine own self besides. Let's pray. Father, we come to you. Lord, we need you tonight. We heard a wonderful message this morning. You are such a great God, and you are worthy of our praise. You deserve our praise. God, we've heard some good singing today. Lord, there's been fellowship with brothers and sisters in Christ. It's been wonderful. And Lord, you know my heart. Sunday evenings is one of my most favorite times of the week. I love this service. There's just such a good spirit. And the folks were singing out during the congregationals. God, we just want to meet with you tonight. Please show up and do a mighty work in all of our hearts. God, I pray that you remove me from the equation. Lord, I can't do anything here for these folks that have gathered tonight. Lord, we need to meet with you and pray. Just ask, Lord, I beg that you just walk up and down these aisles, that you meet with us in a very special way. Lord, we'll thank you for that. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Philemon, there's, just as I said a moment ago, the Apostle Paul, he's writing a letter to Philemon, just asking, begging. He's saying, hey, listen, I know Onesimus has, has wronged you. He's possibly, he's stolen, he, he ran away. But he's trusted Christ as his Lord and Savior. He's turning things around. I'd, I'm sending him back. He's willing to come back. I want you to receive him, Philemon. I want you to accept him. Please, just take him. And there's a few things as we read this story that I want to point out, that I want to bring to the forefront of our minds, just simple, very basic, practical thoughts we can learn from this man Onesimus because really, in reality, as, as I said before, when I read this passage of Scripture, I see myself. 
in Onesimus. Number one, number one, I like this, and he proved that. I mentioned it a moment ago. You can run, but you cannot hide. Some things that I'm going to learn or that I have learned from Onesimus here. You can run, but you cannot hide from God. I'm talking about a God who sees all, a God who knows all. You can't run from this God. Or you could run, but you cannot hide. He sees you. He knows you're there. You're on the run. We've seen men, we've seen women in the Bible that have run from God. I can think all the way back at the beginning of the Bible. Who do you got? You've got Adam and Eve. And they are ashamed of their nakedness. And they're hiding from God. And there you have God walking through the guards. Where are you at? I know you're here somewhere. He knew where they were at. He knew right where they were at. You see, I, I look at it like this. I was fishing the other day, and I have proof. My wife was with me, so when I tell this story, I've got verification, because you know how those fishing stories go. I'm out in the backyard, and I'm fishing, and I caught a whomper, a big old thing. This thing was a monster. Man, he almost pulled me in. It was crazy. Okay, now I'm exaggerating. However, it it was a good-sized fish. Now, I, I hooked him. I'm telling you, that... That hook hit the water, and as soon as it did, boom, got him. I start reeling him in, and this is good. There he is, and as I'm pulling him, one of them large mouth bass, this big old mouth sticking up out of the water. He's got him. I got him on, on the dock there, and the worst thing in the history of mankind happened. Line snapped. Bam, boom, 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 right on down into the water. Boom, boom. Ah, ah, ah. Didn't even get a picture, but Sarah saw it. So you, I've got proof. It was there. It was there. And let me tell you, I'm not happy. This is, this is the whole point. I'm going to find that guy. He can, he, oh, in this case, he can swim, but he can't hide. Because he stole my lure. He's got that. That was a good lure. I bought that lure for those fish specifically, and he's still got it in his mouth. I'm going to catch him. I'm going to get him. I, I think of this. Have you ever played hide-and-go-seek with a baby or with a little child? And they, it's so funny. They believe their philosophy is, if they can't see you, you can't see them. We know that's not true, and I believe even they do, but they, they, they try it. They'll see if we're willing, if we're gullible. Just because their eyes are covered and they can't see you, you obviously can't see them. That's certainly not the case. And we chuckle and we laugh. <laughs> It's so cute. Look at them little, little, little babies. <laughs> and God's got to be doing the same thing in heaven. When we take off and run, we go our own direction. We do our own thing. There we are standing in New York City. Very populated. Oh, hundreds of thousands of people. And God says, I still see you. I know you're there. You can't, you can't hide from me. Oh, some simple, some basic truths that I learned from Onesimus. You can run. You can run, but you cannot hide. What a good example. What a great example we have in that man by the name of Jonah. Oh, we hear about that story. We know all about that account in God's Word. He decides to go the complete opposite direction. 
God says, I want you to go to Nineveh, that great city. And he says, okay, I'll go to Tarshish. I'm going to go the complete opposite direction. I'm not feeling that. I don't like those people. I'm going this way. And I'm even better than that. I'm going to sneak down into the bottom of that ship and I'm going to go to sleep even there in the bottom of that ship. God knew right where he was. Oh, no, Jonah, no, no, no. You can run, but you can't hide. You can run, but you cannot hide from God. Number two, moving quick here. Simple, basic, practical. Number two, God can use a runaway. God can use a runaway, but you've got to change your direction. God can use a runaway. We see it in the Bible over and over and over again. We see it there with Jonah specifically. Oh, it took him a few days in the belly of a whale. But God was able to use Jonah to do something miraculous with those people there in Nineveh. He was a runner. He was on the run. He was going quick. But God got a hold of him. God can use a runaway today. But you've got to change your direction You've got to turn around. You've got to get going. Now, this, this is a lot harder than I'm making it sound right now. Onesimus turning around, changing directions, a lot easier said than done. Because you see, he left his master there in Colossae. He left him high and dry. There, there was Philemon... Where's Onesimus? Where'd he go? Where's he at? He left. He, he, he took off. He was a runaway. He stole from his master. And now he's gotten some things right. And this is where, this is a very important point. This is where a lot of us fall short. We, we, we get back to God. And God gets a hold of our life. And things are going good. See, Onesimus, he's there with the Apostle Paul. And Apostle Paul's like, hey, I think you can help me with this whole preaching the gospel thing. This is going to be great. We can be a great team. I'm in here. You can go there. This would be awesome. Wait a second. Hold on a second. I'm just going to get the background here. Onesimus, where would you come from? How would you get here? And as Onesimus began to speak, as he began to talk, Paul says, hmm, See, I'm glad you're saved and you're on your way to heaven. I'm glad you're getting things right. But in order for you to take the next step, in order for you to get a little closer, uh, to get exactly where God wants you, you're going to have to go face your master. You're going to have to go face Philemon. You've got to get this thing right. And I'm sending you back. Onesimus right then and there could have said, no, I'm done. That's it. And that's where a lot of us stop today. Wait, 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 I'm ready to move forward for God, but I don't, want to con- I don't want to have to deal with some of my past and where I've been and what I've done. Uh, that, that's a tough one. Let's read, let's go through, uh, let's see, 10 verse, verses 10 through 12. Let's read those verses. It says, I beseech thee for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my bonds which in time past was to thee unprofitable, but now profitable to thee and to me, whom I have sent again. Thou therefore receive him, that is mine own bowels. Uh Uh-oh, this is going to be tough. This is going to be difficult. But Onesimus, 
He's willing to turn around. He's willing to change direction. You see, he was, he was going the wrong way. He was doing the wrong thing, but he got right. God got a hold of his heart, got a hold of his life. Now he's got to make some difficult decisions. You see, God, he is still in that big business of forgiveness. God is willing to forgive. God is willing to forgive and forget. He wants to. The Bible says, what does it say? Let's go there in, in 1 John. 1 John 1, 9. You know that verse. Let's go there and read it. Oh, he's ready. 1 John 1, 9, it says, you there? It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He is willing. He's ready. He wants to forgive. He wants to forget. He wants to clean that slate. He wants to make your life, your heart anew. But that's, it's going to fall on your shoulders, whether or not that really happens, whether or not you see the full effect. What an honor and privilege it was for, for Onesimus to get to serve with the Apostle Paul. It couldn't get any better than this. Oh, he's going to grow by leaps and bounds. He's serving with one of the best preachers in all the Bible next to Jesus Christ himself. He's, wow, what an honor, what a privilege it is. But in order for Onesimus to take that next step, in order for him to be exactly what he should be, exactly what God wanted him to be, he had to change direction. And Paul says, you're going back to Colossae. You've got to face your master. And he was willing, he was willing to do that. You've got to change direction. Number three, like Onesimus, oh, well, this is a good one. I like this. Are you ready for this? I don't think so. I think I put you to sleep on that last point. It's not good. Are you ready for this one? Like Onesimus, we too have an advocate. Eight. Let's go to verse eight of our scripture there in Philemon. It says, Wherefore, though I might be much bold in Christ to enjoin thee that which is convenient, yet... For love's sake, I rather beseech thee, being such an one as Paul the aged, and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ, I beseech thee for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my bonds. Let's go quickly to, let's go back to 1 John. 1 John chapter 2. There is, in that prison cell, right there, in that prison cell, the Apostle Paul, he's writing to Philemon. He's saying, hey, this guy, I, I know he's, he's stolen. I know he took off and ran. He's a good guy. Oh, I beseech thee. Oh, he, he's ex- you won't even recognize him anymore. Let's read chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. My little children, verse number 1, these things write I unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins. Not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. I'm thankful, like Onesimus, that Jesus is standing there. He, he's on my side. Jesus is there. <laughs> that Josh guy, I know he makes mistakes. I know he messes up, but man... He's trying. Jesus is on my side. Uh, that word advocate, specifically uh, looking that up, 
I looked it up, and I'm, I'm talking about the Greek here. Paracletus. Paracletus. I'm going to split that up. Para, close beside. And Kaleo, make a call. A legal advocate who makes the right judgment call because close enough to the situation. The regular term, advocate, advisor, helper, it's in the New Testament, in a t- like as in an attorney. Someone giving evidence that will stand up in court. Jesus, he's fighting for us. He's trying to prove, prove us. Uh, to illustrate or to give an example, I remember... Um, Oh, a long time ago, going back to those senior center days. Right, we talk about the bus ministry. I'm excited about the bus ministry and where we're at and what's going on. We've seen a number of visitors. We've seen souls saved. God's working. I'm excited about that. It is. It's very exciting, the bus ministry right now. But I remember when there was just one bus. Bus number one. And it was, it was so back... It was so far, so long ago that we we weren't even able to keep the bus on our property. We had nowhere to keep it. So we had worked it out that there was this parking lot that we used. And we would park the bus there on Sunday evenings after everything was over and done. We'd leave it there all week long. We didn't have a bus garage. We couldn't leave it there at the senior center. We certainly couldn't park it in our driveway. So we had nothing to do. We left it in that parking lot. And every Sunday night... And I can't remember the exact circumstances as to why we're coming this way and why both my parents were driving separately. But I remember being in the van going down 619. And I'm sitting there in the back seat. I believe Morgan was there to my right. Caleb was in front right. And Megan was directly in front of me. And Mom was all the way in the front driving. And something crazy happened. As we're driving down the street, we're running right on down 619. We had just passed, I can't remember... We had just passed that Bell Stores that's right there. And uh, out of nowhere, out of nowhere, Semi goes left to center. Semi is headed straight for us. I remember sitting in that back seat looking all the way through that front windshield and seeing that truck headed right for us. And by the grace of God and protection of God, Mom was able to avoid that semi. She took off, she swerved, and we took off the mailbox. We just completely obliterated that mailbox on the right. We spun all the way around and nailed the mailbox on the left side of the street. It was scary. But I have to admit, when we all got done, I don't know if Morgan remembers it, I remember looking over and saying, that was pretty cool. <laughs> like the idiot that I was, not knowing really what had just happened. And obviously, with that type of circumstance, my mom was a bit shaken. She was a bit worked up. I mean, that was life or death. That was a very scary situation. And to make matters worse, the man comes out of the side yard, and we had just wiped out his mailbox. He was very kind. He was very helpful. He called the cops. He was asking questions. How did this happen? Mom says, well, semi went left to center. We, I thought we were going to die. By this time, my, my, my dad made his way up, and he's helping my mom. She's nervous. She's afraid. Her heart's going 1,000 miles an hour. The police officer shows up and begins to ask for our side of the story, what had happened, because the worst part of the whole thing was that semi went left to center, just about killed all of us, and just kept right on going. As we're spinning out in the street, taking mailbox after mailbox out, he just kept right on going. 
So now it's my mom's word against someone that didn't at this point even exist. And that police officer says, I'm really sorry, this seems, this seems tough. Very difficult, must have been horrible. But I'm going to have to cite you because I have no proof that that semi was even here. There's no way, I, I, can, there's, I don't have a license plate number, I have nothing to go on. So by law, I, this is your fault. My mom's upset. Now my dad's a little upset. You got to be kidding. <laughs> Understatement, perhaps. And something amazing happened as we're getting ready to pull away and that police officer is getting ready to get back in his vehicle. A man flies up to the scene and says, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, hold on a second. Wait, I was behind that semi and I saw everything that just happened. Man, he was a jerk. I followed him. I chased him down. I got his license plate. I got it all. And with his word, and with what he said, that changed the whole story. The whole situation. No longer are we getting a ticket. No longer are we at fault for just about getting killed. Because that advocate... That man says, I have proof. This is what happened. Oh, Oh, am I thankful for an advocate who's looking out after me. He's going before the Father on my behalf. And while I fail Him, and while I make mistake after mistake, and while I run and I go my own direction every once in a while, I have a God who loves me. I have a Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ, who's there for me. He's saying, God, give Him another chance. Give Him another chance. Oh, I'm thankful for that advocate. Oh, I'm thankful for that advocate. In our story here, we got the Apostle Paul saying, just give him another chance. You don't understand. He's changed his way. He's a new man. He's got Jesus. I see myself in this man, Onesimus. I'm sure you do as well. Like Onesimus, we too have an advocate. Finally, number four, and I'm closing it down as conclusion here. Number four, you'll you'll recognize this thought. You'll recognize this point. Maybe even be able to sing it. Remember, things that I've learned from Onesimus, that sinner... That slave, that runaway. I owed a debt I could not pay. But he paid a debt he did not owe. He paid a debt he did not owe. Oh, I'm thankful. You see, in this story, let's go back to Philemon really quick. Let's close it down. This is what I want to take it to. This is where I want this message to go because this isn't just the message of Philemon. This is the message of the entire Bible. This is it right here. Let's take a look. This is what led Jesus Christ to that cross. This is what has given me a chance and an opportunity to see Jesus Christ face to face one day. Verse number 9. Yet, oh, Right here, the title of my message, these three words. Yet, for love's sake. Yet, for love's sake. 
Where would we be today? Talk about love. Love that I can hardly describe. A love by a Savior. Love by a King. Jesus, my Savior and Lord. Oh, He loves me. This story here, this story is about love. This story that we read is about redemption. This story is about restoration. And that story is my life. You say, Josh, you don't even know what you're talking about. You grew up in a pastor's home. Oh, I needed restored. I needed redeemed by that blood. Redeemed by the blood of the Savior. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed. Oh, I think about that verse. We sang it just the other day. What was it? I think I have some written down here. I was ready to get a little excited the other day. I think it was Wednesday night. We were singing uh, at Calvary. At Calvary, started to sing that third verse. And you know how it is. Most churches, we skip over those third verses like they don't even mean anything. Love that drew salvation's plan. Oh, the love that brought him down to man. Oh, the mighty gulf that God did span at Calvary. At Calvary. Oh, those three words right there. Yet... For love's sake. For love's sake. I can go on today because of His love. I am on the winning side today because of His love. This church and all that we see, all that we know, this building here today, yet for love's sake. Don't take this church for granted. Don't take the preaching that you hear on a regular basis for granted. Don't take that love for granted. You see, it's not about us. It's not about me and it's not about you. It's about our Savior. Our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. I was talking to my Sunday school class this morning about love. 1 Corinthians 13. You know I was going there. 1 Corinthians 13. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. I am nothing. We are nothing. We need that love. Without Jesus' love, we are nothing. The love of God. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. Oh, so eloquent. Oh, I have such a way with words. How I can woo people with my words. And we think that we are something. We think that we are special. Become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Let's just say the orchestra gets up and they say, Brother Josh, we've been thinking. You go ahead Sing whatever song you want to sing. We're going to kind of do our own thing back here. And they all, sing a se- they all play a separate song. Those instruments get to going. And it can sound like a beautiful thing if they're all working together. But they decide to do their own thing. And there is just a jumbled mess. Oh, there can be a man standing here today that just, oh, he has a way with words. He could bring the entire crowd to tears with the things that he can speak. But if there's no love, He's wasting his time. A sounding brass, a tinkling cymbal. 
rubbish, just complete insanity, crazy. Charity, love. We are nothing. I want you to remember Onesimus. I want, to, I want you to remember how he ran. He took off and he did his own thing, but he got a hold of God. I'm thankful for that advocate. I'm thankful for Jesus Christ who's there for me. He will never leave me nor forsake me. He's there for me each and every step of the way. And He loves me each and every single day. God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. He's so good to me. He is so good to us. We are so undeserving. Don't forget. Yet, for love's sake. Yet, for love's sake. Father, we come to you, Lord. We are so thankful, honored, Lord, that we can come to this house. Lord, that we can freely read this powerful book called the Bible. Lord, we are so thankful for your saving grace. The love that you demonstrated to us. The love that you show us each and every single day. Lord, when we fail you, while we are undeserving, you love us. Lord, please help us, God, to remember your goodness, to never take for granted that love, and Lord, to do our best to demonstrate and to show your love in a lost and dying world. Lord, be with us and bless the remainder of this time that we have together now. In Jesus' name I pray. Let's all stand. Every head bowed, every eye closed.